The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Bosh, welcome to the Yellow Block podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. Joining me this evening to discuss Stevenage and Doncaster and, of course, that ownership situation is Nathan. Good evening, sir. Evening, you all right? I'm not too bad, thank you. Also from a very cold northwest, I've got Dan Topnut Weldon with us. Evening. Long time no speak, how are we doing? Yeah, not bad at all, mate. Thank you, yourself? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not too bad. I'm cold, um, but I feel like... Yeah, I feel like it wouldn't be me if I wasn't moaning about something and, you know, being British is the weather. So, uh, You may also have seen on Twitter, we reached out asking for some loan sign-ins to help us get through to the end of the season. And we're delighted to welcome one such sign-in now, Mr. Chris Franks. Uh, sorry, I'll try that again. <laughs> Craig, even. It helps if I get your name right. Sorry, Craig. Good evening, Tim. How are you? I'm not too bad. We'll just ignore the fact I just got your name wrong right from the off there. But aside from that, I've been called a lot worse. <laughs> if, if I can make an excuse, it's because I'm trying to read off the script where Danny's made some very last minute notes, which is why I'm uh, I'm struggling there. But you know, as a professional, nobody would have noticed that slip of the tongue there. So uh, now, one of the reasons that we've got yourself on, Craig, more than anything, because you you wowed us with your uh, your application. We had to ask uh, when we were putting these applications together what people's opinion is around the ownership situation. Uh, and you are, to my knowledge, very much uh, pro the current ownership. Unfortunately for you, you've probably joined the wrong panel this evening because my opinion on Dara is quite well known. Dan is, let's say, also relatively negative. And, and Nathan, it's probably fair to say you sit somewhere in the middle, uh, so oh, maybe yeah. slightly more tepid uh, and slightly more welcome. I see both sides, whereas you two probably don't. <laughs> I see both sides, I just choose to accept one. <laughs> Greg, what's your view on uh, on the situation? Because we've had, some, we've had a play out this week, of course, with uh, Randy and Jason um, disappearing from the company's house where, where where do you stand first of all on current ownership at the moment i think i think ultimately um when the two guys came in a few years ago um i didn't want to sound pessimistic at the time but i was i was very sort of questioning why why the timing um with them coming on board um i think i went to a few of the fans forums over at the ground um heard some of the sort of answers that were given and they all sounded quite generic and, and I thought fair enough, but seeing is believing. And I'd like to think that of the three, Dara, um, I think has always met his objectives. He wants to obviously play attractive football. He wanted us to get as high up the league as we possibly can. Um, did he struggle trying to get other things over the line? Yes. And that's why I believe he brought 
Randy and Jason in. Um, but my fins on the guys fast forward three years. Um, I think Jason's kept his side of the bargain. Um, he's certainly been looking after the youth element side very well. Um, very much sort of been a, a, a custodian of that. Um, but I also believe that Randy is probably the only one that never really met his objectives. I appreciate he probably got further along than most people, um, but he never actually got to the hallowed ground of actually getting anything over the line and actually getting us to where we wanted to be, which was over at the embankment. And ultimately, I still see that as a fail. Yeah, uh, it's hard to disagree with any of that, to be fair. I mean, we're still awaiting for an official word in terms of where we're at, in terms of the management of the club now. Are they still involved in a sense or have they completely disappeared? I don't know. The thing is, Nathan, this is a... I mean, I think, Randy, we're probably maybe not overly surprised by. We know there was allegedly some issues over the summer um, that may still surface. But Jason, a little bit more of a surprise for you to see him gone? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, Craig's made, you know, really, really good points there that, you know, the youth programme, for instance, has been been fantastic and definitely been a roaring success, I would say. Um, obviously, the stadium situation, probably less so, but I guess you can put an element of that down to, to the COVID situation and that kind of hitting us, you know, all on, on the blind side. But yeah, no, it is a surprise that he's gone. Um, obviously, not gone, but, you know, he's not necessarily going to be in, as involved as, as he previously was. So I guess it we kind of need an explanation to understand fully the reasons behind it. Um, until then, we can't really speculate with any kind of know-how, I guess. Um, but it is a surprise purely because I'd say he's, you know, behind Dara has been, you know, the most involved, um, the most, I suppose, public as well. Um, obviously, I know he's, his Twitter account's kind of been closed down and we've not really heard anything from him for the last few months. So I guess from that respect, maybe it is, is less of a surprise, but, you know, definitely more of a surprise than than uh, Randy, obviously, you know, we, we all know that situation and how that's played out roughly. So, yeah, definitely a shock. Yeah, I mean, it won't stop us speculating, even though we can't speculate until there's that uh, that news there. It's, it is interesting, though, Dan. And, I mean, the, the lads have said there a really good point around, um, around Jason. He, he has left a legacy, whether we like it or not. If, if he is, you know, no longer part of the club, there is that that legacy there with the, the youth setup, which has, has absolutely come to fruition. Randy, I mean, we have to be obviously slightly careful what we say. We know that there were issues over the summer um, and obviously we've had, you know, some information around that um, without trying to set myself up for a fall. Are you surprised that the pair of them went or were you expecting just Randy to go? No, I'm not too surprised. I mean, it's a bit of a cliche, isn't it? But we don't know until we know. And it's it's difficult to, to speculate too much without like you say, putting ourselves in a bit of hot water. But I think the whole sort of plan with them coming through, for how I saw it anyway, I don't know about other people, but to me, it's it's been a failure from the get-go. It, in terms of them coming in and investing in the first place, for me, I always saw it as a succession plan for Dara to get out, bring in yeah. someone, let them learn the ropes, you know, get a foothold and then sing himself off into the sunlight. And, and obviously that's not happened with, what, five years after the the investment and, and Dara's still here, still chairman after resigning four times or, or, you know, El Presidente as he goes by now. And, and the club's a bit stagnate. Obviously, we've had that promotion, but we went straight back down. And, and last year, God, let's not talk about the end of last year. And, and so for me, I was always expecting them to to sort of dip. Obviously, Randy, we were expecting to, to go a little bit earlier than he has done and to go at the same time as Jason. It's a bit of a shock, but I wasn't surprised at all. And with Jason, I, I just feel like, 
he had a plan coming in in terms of what he wanted to do with the club and, and the youth setup, and he achieved the youth setup. I don't think it's a failure on on his side by any stretch of the imagination. I, I do think that the investment has gone well for the future of the club, but I just think the progress that they wanted to make it in the here and now, in terms of you know the stature of the club, where we are, you know the, the stadium, like like Craig said, it, it's just not happening for one reason or another. And obviously, COVID didn't help. You know the, the mass amounts of debt that the club supposedly finds itself in is not helping the situation either. So it, it, it's a difficult one, and obviously they're not they're not selling their part. Of, of their shares or that we've been made aware of. They may be doing it privately, um, but it's, it's not public knowledge by any means. And so, you know, maybe they're just stepping away for other reasons for me and the conversations that we've had with Jason in the past. And obviously his, his sort of disappearance in the last six months, it, it, it sort of suggests maybe he's falling out of love with, with football or maybe he's just, you know, sort of disenchanted with the whole situation at the club. Obviously we know, He's had some personal issues in and around social media in the last six months. It's been relatively well documented. And I think that plays a factor as well. So, you know, maybe it's just a case of giving to privacy, both of them. You know, give it a month, six weeks, and maybe we'll know something in the new year. Yeah, uh, sound point. I do I do wonder how much of this is to do with the stadium. But but let me ask you this, Craig. I suppose as it stands now, to from what we can gather, it looks as though Dara is now, you know, sort of back in his whole charge. Do you still firmly believe he's the, the right man to take the club forward? I do, because I don't see anybody else coming forward that's got the same drive and with the greatest respect, the um, the financial backings so want to help us out as a club. I mean, I've heard rumours. I'm not going to state who, because obviously I don't want to put you guys at any sort of um, situation. But I think ultimately... Um, I don't really see a great deal what the guy's done wrong. I know, I know he's he's been very flamboyant in the past and he's been very outspoken, but you've got you can only deal with the here and now. And with the greatest respect this season, he came out and he played everything down. And he, he's not I haven't heard him once yet say anything to sort of counteract what his statement was at the start of the season, and that was that he was just happy to play this season out and see where we go. So I commend him for that because I do believe people hold on to a lot of the points he raises. And they certainly don't let it go if it doesn't come to any fruition. So, yeah, I'm um, I'm still very much in his corner and I think I always will be, to be fair. Yeah, and to his credit, it's a really good point you make there. It is the first time this season where it looks as though he maybe learnt from previous mistakes in terms of setting the expectations lower. Whether or not that was all on him, I don't know. Obviously, we have to assume it was now, but it is a valid point. But do you feel that... Obviously, we've had a couple of stabs at the championship under Dara, and it's kind of been rinse and repeat every time. Do do you feel that were we to were we to win promotion this year, that he will have learned his lesson in that respect in terms of going up to that next stage? Um, I'd like to think so. I mean, he, he he made some comment I think a few weeks ago on on his podcast since he's come back onto it in regards to he knows that they've got to do something different. Now he'd never alluded to what that was. Um, but I'd like to think it may be on the lines of experience, um, something that when we've gone into the championship every other time, it's always been players from, with the greatest respect, lower lower end. Um, you'd like to think that maybe there might be that sort of mindset of maybe a couple of lads that are in their mid-20s but have played championship football. Um, or whether it be loan signings from the Premier League above that are maybe on the fringes of first-team football. Um, that's that's kind of the mindset that I'd like to think they're in. 
Um, are we ever going to be going spending millions on a player? Of course, we're not. We're not big enough. We don't have the revenue to to make that sort of sign. And I think anybody that I, I get fed up with the, the amount of social media people are calling out for this player and that player, and it's just like we, we're never going to attract them. Never going to happen in a million years. So we've got to play to our advantages. And I think sometimes that is that we're becoming a well-known club for um, developing young players and. The, the the history speaks for itself and they the one thing they know they'll get here is they'll get a chance they can go to any other clubs but will they get the chance and the um possibility of playing first in football i, I look at the jade or katongo situation at the moment i actually don't think that lad's played as much football as i would like to have seen him play um he's getting a lot of cameo appearances here and there but if you listen to some of the um actual um after after sort of match commentaries that he's done um, he speaks very highly of the management team. He speaks very highly of the setup. Um, and my understanding is is that one of the main reasons he was allowed to come to Peterborough was because it was similar in the way that the club played football, the same philosophies. So we've got to be doing something right. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's fair enough. And the problem is, I'm trying. I'm trying, obviously, not to get involved in that kind of um, you know he said she said type of argument over Dara because obviously we do hold different opinions. Uh, but it, it's right to you know to acknowledge when he has done things right, and I do feel he's got the expectations right this season. He has recently uh, gone back to doing his job of trying to sort of tout players up and increase value. Do you, do you think, Greg, that that's just we just have to accept that with Dara that he's? I know he hates this phrase, but it's the best way to describe it. That he's kind of that used car salesman type character that will always look to increase prices through his his social media channels and through his podcasts. Uh, yeah, but he ain't done too bad in it, has it? Let's no. face it. How many other League One clubs have made the money we've made? I mean, all right, I, there's always going to be that argument side of where the money where the money goes but which is exactly where I was trying to lead myself up to so you've 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 played straight into where I was looking for there so you're you're quite right of what you were saying about we need to temper our expectations but you look at the money that he's been able to produce over the last few years I would argue that as a football club we haven't seen all of that back financially now don't get me wrong it's his train set it's his risk to take he was the one yep. that put the money in if he wants to take it all out that's entirely on him but I wish he would just come out and say that I feel with the money that we've made that we could sustain ourselves in the championship is my opinion. I think he'd be opening himself up to a load of criticism though if he did do it. I think he's on a hiding to nothing, Tim, to be fair. He's he's never gonna he's never gonna win. Um and I think that's the that's he's trying to be real now with people that actually you're right with what you say. He has no need to have to come out and declare exactly what's um being made by the club. And I, I the one thing I don't believe is this whole thing about um undisputed or amounts that are made that, that, that it has to be the the selling team or the buying team, if, if one declares they don't want undisclosed, sorry, that's the word I was looking for. Mm. Um, I don't totally buy that. But ultimately, as long as this club survives, as long as this club is uh, proactively competing week on week, and do you know what? As a club that only gets between sort of eight to 10,000 every week, I'll put up with it. My my my, my expectations aren't ridiculous. Uh, then I'd just like to see a team that competes week in, week out. And for the last few seasons, it's... It's been like pulling teeth. So to see what we're seeing this season, it's been an unexpected bonus as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, here, here. You're nodding along there, Dan. Obviously, you know, you've also been relatively vocal in your opinion of of Dara previously. Does does anything Craig says there sway your opinion or or kind of change how you're feeling? No. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's as simple as that, though. The, The problem is, is that, we always come back to League One and eventually things come right and 
we start playing incredible football, the signings work, everything sort of clicks and we get to the point of promotion. And we all expect something different and nothing different ever happens, you know, especially the last time. This is this is the big thing for me on, on, on Dara and the management. It's when we went up two seasons ago, everybody was buzzing. We had a squad that we thought was fantastic, you know, really, really good, probably, you know, by no means a challenger in, in the championship, but certainly better than the bottom four or five places. You know, we thought we had a great squad. A couple of additions, we'd have been great. And it didn't work. Fair enough. You know, these things happen. But to be in a position that we were, which was from October to February, going on, what was it? A, a God, 13-week losing streak in which we got... Weeks. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it, we got like six points in... 20 games, something stupid like that. And we just refused, refused, refused to sack Darren. I'm never, ever going to understand that. I, I 100%, you know, if the guy goes up, give him the back in. But this is three times now. And that last time was a bloody shit show. You know, it was really, 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 really bad. So to be 13 weeks down the line and him leaving on his own back, not even being sacked, he's, you know, walked supposedly, or so we've been told. It just, you know, where where are we going? What's the plan? What, you know, who who are we trying to get in? Who are we looking at? You know, and when we did sack him, we got Grant McCann back in. <laughs> you know, so it just sort of suggests that when Darren goes again, because he will go again, you know, be it through being sacked or or leaving off his own back. I don't think we've got any worries about another club coming in for him. Let's be honest. It, we're going to get Grant McCann back in. It's going to be the same old. We'll probably finish twenty third if we do get promoted, and if we don't, we'll probably finish seventh. You know. We're getting excited over this season, and I am too. I'm not saying that I'm not excited. This is really good football we're playing. We're doing really well. We're getting points here and everywhere. We're scoring goals for fun like we always do. But we're doing it off the back of lone players. Peter Chioso is our best player this season. I don't care what anyone says he is. He's a bloody lonely, and he's our captain. And the fact that he's our best player, we're probably not going to be able to sign him in, in January. You know, we haven't got the finances. We haven't got the standpoint to do it. Let's just see how the season goes, I guess, because I'm being too negative now. Nathan, what's your uh, what's your on the fence view? <laughs> uh, well, there's so, Dan's just said so much. I'm now going to have to try and think of my thoughts again. Um, <laughs> to, to start off about the championship season, I think he's spot on with that. In the the squad that we had, should have done better than it did. I also actually think the business that we did, especially in that summer period, I didn't think was bad at all. I mean, getting Jorge Grant, for instance, he was a top, top signing, just obviously just didn't turn up um, that season. You know, you had numerous other players that came in that I thought, you know, these are going to be really, really good players for us at this level. Um, I mean, even, you know, Fuchs, when he came in, he was fantastic for the back end of that season. Um, but he is right in terms of Darren should have gone far sooner than he did. And I'm never, ever going to say I want Darren to go because I think he's been a fantastic manager for us. But I think the results kind of suggested as much that this was time, um, which is frustrating, obviously, because, you know, you don't want to see a club legend and, and a manager that has, has got us promoted so many times as he has. Um, bringing Grant in, though, I thought was also the right decision at the time. Um, and ultimately, I think had he had more time that season, he would have kept us up. I think it was just unfortunate that he came in, you know, so late. Um, in the day that he just didn't have enough time to to get us over the line. And and I think we took it to the, the penultimate weekend, I think it was. So he still did a, a very, very good job in his own right. But ultimately, you know, he's he's then been sacked a few months later. So, 
we do have to stop the merry-go-round of going between the two of them. Um, and ultimately, we do need to find some fresh new blood, which is what I advocated to you guys at the time, if you remember when, when Grant went initially. Um, I said to you that I'm slightly more, you know, on that side of things, but also I do understand Darren coming back. Um, but in terms of the future, when it comes to the championship, I do think that we, yeah, we do have to try something different, but I also think that there is a ceiling to what Dara can give us, especially financially in that we know that he can't go all in all out because that's not what he's got behind him. Um, and we are as a fan base going to have to accept that we may well be a yo-yo club because we can't financially compete against ex premier league clubs. I mean, we're looking at league one that's got, you know, a handful of them in, in it as well. Um, and ultimately that's, that's just the division that we're in. Um, but if we do get to the championship, I think you'd like to think that the lessons have been learned, especially from both Darren and Dara. Um, but, you know, I think hopefully this time, if we were to be in a, a sticky situation like we were initially with with Darren um, in that sort of Christmas period um, and the, the last time that we were in the championship, then hopefully Dara has, you know, has the scruples to, to make the change sooner rather than later and give us a, a better fighting chance, which, you know, ultimately, as I've just said, I think Grant would have would have done if, if he had more time. It's fair enough. I mean, we often, as a, as a pod, get accused of having a, an agenda against the owners. Um, obviously, you know, getting yourself on Craig is kind of proof that that isn't necessarily the case. When, when you have a, a small number of, uh, of uh, guests, if you like, you're always going to often end up one side or the other. And you do make some some really good points about Darren. And certainly from a personal point of view, I am softening on my opinion. But then at the same time, it's because everything's going well at the moment. I'm fully aware that we're having a great season. We're playing some great football and, and things are going well. Do, do you think that going forward, Craig, now that Jason and Randy have potentially departed the scene, as far as we know, that there will be a period of instability? Or do you think that, that this was planned in advance? Dara will, will have everything in hand in terms of managing us for the rest of the season. I'd like to think so. I mean, if you look at the appointments that they've made, I mean, they obviously had a plan in action there. They've obviously appointed the two ladies, Liz and I think it's Dawn Gore. Um, they've obviously come in and sort of filled the void straight away. So I think they've always got a, a plan in place. I, that I have no doubt. I think one of the queries that I'm constantly sort of battling with is what's going to happen with Barry Fry? Because one day that guy isn't going to be here. Um, and I don't mean that sound in a, in a morbid sense. I mean, in the sense he might just eventually step away and actually happily retire and good luck to the guy. Because um, I actually think he's he has done a lot for the club as well from a, a positive sense. Um, but I, I actually do think Darren could be the perfect replacement for Barry Fry. Um, you think of the football that he plays and the interest that he could attain by bringing young potential managers to us um, that may tick a number of boxes. I think that he'd be a fantastic fit for the director of football role. Um, a custodian that could carry the club forward with a philosophy that he's ultimately started. Um, I think that's very much an option that probably doesn't get spoken about enough, to be fair. Yeah, it's not one that I'd, uh, I'd really thought of. Do you think he would be interested in that? Do you feel like he's ready to give up his management career? I don't, I don't think he's quite ready yet. I think ultimately um, he, he's still got plenty of years ahead of him. But I think when you look at the affiliation he's got this club, I mean, all right, we all joke he's come back four times. It's a merry-go-round, whatever you want to say. But he lives close to Peterborough. Um, he's obviously got friends and family that are also tied to the club. Um, I mean, I noticed his dad the other day was also in the crowd. I mean, is there an argument to say that his dad might get involved somewhere along? You, you just don't know. So I think I think it's a case of uh, scenes believing. But for me, I think 
I think there's there's going to have to be some change because I totally agree with the lads in the sense that we can't keep having this Fergie, McCann, Fergie. It just can't keep happening. I, I actually did, wasn't in favour of actually getting Fergie back this time. Um, I think I sent you guys a, a text message at the time. I think I asked for the guy that's gone to Blackpool. Mm-hmm. Um, Neil, I can't remember his name is now, Neil uh, something. But Quickly. I thought he... That's the one, Neil Critchley. I thought he'd be an absolute perfect fit. Um, I thought Darren might be swayed as well, being obviously the Liverpool connection. Um, it never came to obviously anything. But yeah, I, I think I think at some point it has got to stop. And I, I genuinely do think this will be the last time we, we, we see either of them through the door. Yeah, well, Sir Alex has, must have a few uh, a few quid behind him. If he wanted to get involved, uh, what might seeing him as owner, I'm happy to have Darren back eight more times if it means that we've got <laughs> Sir Alex's uh, money behind us as well. So, And this doesn't is one of his other sons, um, Darren's brother, I believe is a, Jason, I say, is he a scout. Have I made that up? Or he's something to do with football, isn't I he? I think he's got something to do. He's got a connection there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so we could, you know, we'd just bring the Fergusons in. Uh, more than happy to to take that, to be fair. Uh, you mentioned as well about the, the McCann merry-go-round, which leads us nicely on to... Uh, reviewing the action that's been taking place in the last week. So, sure. uh, FA Cup second round, Peterborough United 2, Doncaster 1 uh, this weekend. Uh, Dan, you're nodding vigorously there. Um, you're obviously overly excited about the fact that we we turned Doncaster over, I'm guessing. You know me. I love a cup run. Oh, it gets me all giddy. You do. There's so, nothing better than the FA Cup. What did you make of uh, of this one yesterday? It was, to coin a phase, a game of two halves in terms of quite a dominant first half performance followed by a slightly more wintry second half should we say yeah look i still think it was a good good uh, good performance good result you know it says a lot when you can sort of soak up the pressure towards the the, the back end of the game and and yeah we conceded one goal and we're possibly lucky to to have the the goal like two minutes before it ruled out but uh, look it's the fa cup you know teams from the lower leagues want to want to do someone over and if they're in the the league above then more for them obviously you know we, we nearly saw it at Salford we took them to to draws both times so you know I, I think it's a good result we've got some good goals you know both goals are outside the box fantastic that Burroughs finish was lovely um so yeah you were singing his praises quite literally there um with uh, with that, uh, Nathan, it's you know into round three. That was ultimately the the, the aim, wasn't it? Uh, Leeds United at home in the next round. Um, what were your kind of thoughts on the the Doncaster game? Um, much the same as Dan, I guess. You know, much of a muchness of a performance, but I, I think it shows that we are a very good side. In that, you know, we might not be playing at hundred mile an hour every game, but we're still grinding out results. Um, you know, Doncaster are a side that we tend to struggle against or at least have you know good battles with um so obviously it's nice to come out on on the uh, the winning side for for that game obviously you know two managers pitting themselves against each other with you know connections to to the club so yeah it's, it's a good result you know getting yourself in in the draw um you know Leeds I don't think it's going to be a, an easy game by any stretch of the imagination um but you know if we can get through that then you know it'd be fantastic but yeah we've, we've got to uh, beat that championship side first we do, and it's not like it's a, a buy. Leeds will travel well. I just, I really hope that we uh, we give the desco to Poshies for this one. I think that will create a great atmosphere. Um, Dan, you're sh- now shaking your head vigorously. What's going on with your head movements? We won't. The FA Cup rules: you have to give um, an allocated 
uh, allocation percentage. So we have to give them the Tesco to be able to sell more tickets in the in the home ends. Yeah, but can't we just give them that whole, whole the old stand, the old main stand? And just no, have the the maximum we can give them is like 1,800 and you know, Darryl's not going to do that. He wants to sell the full 24, doesn't he? So. There's no room for your sort of um, stats and facts here, Dan. We want the Desco for Poshies. The thing is, I hate to admit it, I actually saw it from Emerald Posh earlier today. Ah, oh, boo. Can wash, can wash your mouth out. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, Craig, what were your thoughts on this? It was, for all intents and purposes, a professional, if not unforgettable game. I think it was a tether to arse, really. Some of it actually looked, at times, a little bit sloppy. Um, I, th- I don't think we were fully on our on our A game, let's put it that way. Um, I think the goals, uh, there was an element to look with Harrison Burroughs, but they, they, it was still there to be had. Um, I think Ephraim Mason-Clark, he's coming a bit from a bit of criticism, criticism from me this year. Um, but the last few weeks, he's he started to find that form again that we uh, we all got to enjoy last season. So, um, yeah, I, I think that the, the cup runs are a good thing. Um, we certainly need it um, to make some more money for the club. Um, and ultimately, hopefully, we can get through and uh, draw a big team next. Yeah, I, I, I've heard a few people say this, and obviously, a couple of you said it there. You know, hopefully, we can get through and draw a big team. It's like we forget that Leeds are a huge club, uh, absolutely massive team that travel really, really well. And this will be a great atmosphere. I remember every time we've played them in the Championship. Um, They've always tried, it's always been a great atmosphere at London Road whenever they've they've come down to us. So no, I'm buzzing for this. I think it'll be good. Um, Nathan, there's been uh, a little bit of criticism yesterday uh, over Ricky J Jones's performance. Now you were on um, the AFL debate with Gab Sutton during the week. Uh, excellent work as well. Congratulations. That was a good listen. Um, I was a bit disappointed you didn't uh, stick the knife into the Stevenage fan, verbally speaking, I should say, uh, a little bit more than uh, than what you did. But it was fine. It was an enjoyable listen. Um, Gab seems to have an obsession with the fact that Johnson Clark Harris is going in January. Every time yeah. one of us goes on there, he asks us several times how the club's going to cope. Um Obviously, the, the discussion was around Ricky J. Jones and, and how he's kind of stepped up and, and sort of seems to be now that kind of preferred number nine, at least until it seems Malik Mubasil is, is back to full fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think the criticism yesterday was fair or do you think actually on the, the swing of things we've seen some good Ricky J. Jones performances recently? Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd say he's probably in his best run of form with us since he kind of burst onto the scene, you know, as a 17-year-old. Um you know, ultimately, the, there is always going to be an element of the fan base that sees one bad performance and says, oh, okay, he's crap again. That doesn't and sound like posh fans, Nathan. What are you talking well, about? I mean, I can list an <laughs> endless list of players. I mean, you know, Joe Newell, um, Leo, you know, I can go through so many different players that we've battered for no reason. You know, Leo, sorry, Nathan, just cutting off. Leo has become like the poster boy for the posh fan base turning on players, yeah. hasn't he? Like yeah. he's, he's just become that kind of go-to. It's like, oh, he got hammered though. Yeah, he, he, he got hammered week in, week out, and I, it used to drive me mad because you could see that there was a player in there that actually was technically very good. He just was basically burnt out by the time we'd finished with him. Um, but yeah, that it used to drive me mad. But anyway, to go back to my original point, yeah, he's you know he's had one bad performance in probably what two months and i think he's he's really starting to show the player that i think a lot of us you know really hoped that he would be i know we, dan and i have, have sort of sung his praises before and think that there is a player in there and i think we are slowly starting to see that you know i know not necessarily you know the goals haven't necessarily come from that 
But I think the overall performances and the pace and that sort of raw natural ability that you can see from him are slowly starting to peak through. Um, and, you know, I think the more that we get behind players, I mean, look at Joel Randall, for instance, now that he's slowly starting to pick up form, you know, our fan base is slowly starting to see the reason that we signed him in the first place. You know, I think if we can do the same with Ricky, I would be very surprised if if we don't see, you know, a similar kind of, you know, resurgence, I guess, from, from Ricky. And I, I think that's slowly starting to take place. Yeah, there's no uh, Jared on this evening, so I can talk about XG and stats. Uh, Ricky's, ironically, Ricky's XG and conversion rate is below. Uh, it basically, he's converting less chances than his XG suggests he should. Uh, what's your views on on Ricky Craig? To be fair, I like the lad. I really do like the lad. I think there's an element. Um, I still think he needs to find consistency within his game. Um, that is without doubt, and I think that's his biggest flaw. But I don't think it's something he isn't aware of himself. I think. I think he um, he needs the support as much as Joe Randall's have had this season. Um, and I think it's lovely to say that, I really do. Um, but I think there is, as Nathan alluded to, I think there is a player in there. And uh, I think hopefully it'll be to our benefit. But I think we all have to realise he's 20. He's um, he, he came on the scene at 16, burst onto the scene. We all thought we had the next big thing. He was, I think he was tired at Liverpool to start with. Um, and what do we all do as posh fans? We all jump on the bandwagon. We all think, oh, that, that's it. He's going to he's gonna run. He's going to hit the net 20 times a season. It, it, it was never going to happen. But I think on top of that, the injuries that the lads incurred, it, it's been totally unfair on him the last few years. Um, some of the criticism that he's come in for. Um, and I'd like to think this will be the season that will be defining for him. Um, and I actually do think it's next year that we need to watch out for him because this is his year that he's going to find that um, appearances and he's going to get the experience this year and I hope next year it's where it'll actually become fruitful. Yeah. So we... to, to add to Craig's point, if you think back to that Man City Cup game, there was a reason that Ricky started and he did run, you know, their, I think it was their right back and centre back, you know, absolutely ragged at, at that right. evening. So, you know, we've got to forget, we can't forget that there have been performances where you thought, wow, that's, that's a proper, you know, sort of talent there. Um, but, you know, if you just think back to that game and you just think that's, that's that's such a good performance, that's what you want to see week in, week out. And while you're not necessarily going to see that every single week, you know, there, there clearly is a talent there and there clearly is a player that, that could play at a higher level, I think. But, you know, we've got to get to that higher level um, again for him to, to really get that chance. But, you know, that game is, a I think, a poster for what he can be or what he, he can show. Yeah. Um, that's definitely my opinion on him. Well, at the risk of labouring a point and bringing up the Ricky Jade loans discussion again, Dan, if we do go up, uh, Nathan's saying there that, uh, you know, he's ready for that step up, he's ready for the next level. Uh, do you think he would cut it in the championship? I think it's difficult to, to know, really. I mean, he's only just finding his feet in League One. You know, he's having a good season so far, but we know all too well that an injury is, you know, it's it's bound to happen. I don't want to say that, you know, touch wood, don't want it to happen. You know, he's a fantastic player. but I've missed prone... your pessimism. So... <laughs> <laughs> he is prone to injury. You know, we've only had him in the in the squad for, what, three, four years, and he's been injured for two of those years. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's rotten luck that he's got, and I just don't want to be saying, oh, you know, oh, he's going to do it all in the championship for him to get crocked in week one, and, and we're not seeing him again for another year. You've got to also bear in mind, that he's only just finding his feet in League One. To, so to go up to the Championship so early and so young, if it doesn't start for him, if he doesn't do well and the fans get on his back, it's only going to be more 
pressure that it, it's, it, I just don't think it's good for him. You know, the, the thing would is, would you accept Dan? Would you accept him like maybe being a being a backup next season and, and coming on sort of like with twenty minutes half an hour if, if it's not happening? I don't. I'd be okay with him coming as a backup. I wouldn't want him to be a, a sub merchant like he has been for for God knows how long. You know, you look at him last year. And every time he came on, it was for the last five minutes, 10 minutes, just to give us a bit of pace. And it didn't work. It simply didn't. You know, but you can count on one hand the amount of times that you actually thought, oh, this has really worked for us. Oh, brilliant. Because it, it, it's a lot to come into. You know, you need to find the pace of the game. He's only young. He hasn't got that experience yet. And it's it's a very difficult position to be in, especially when you're getting played out of position all the time. You know, obviously, he's been played on the left wing for God knows how long. And it's not his position. You know, he's better centrally he's better getting in behind and you know to, to be stuck out on the wing and just being abused for your pace it's, it's, it's not the right one so you know I'm glad that he's playing central I'm glad that he's he's kicking on and, and getting some goals and, and some assists and there's definitely a player in there but if we do go up which I'm hoping that we do obviously I think the first thing that fans are going to call for is like Craig said earlier a bit of experience and that experience is going to come in the form of a striker if we don't have a good striker in the championship we're going to be in the same position we've been in for the last two times we've been up. You know, obviously last year, well, last time, sorry, we had Clark Harrison and Marriott, and we thought, yeah, great, that's going to be fantastic. Marriott got injured early on. No, sorry, um, Clark Harris got injured early on, and Marriott comes in injured. You know, we were stuck. So. Only Dan can turn a discussion about Ricky's upturning form into we're going to have shit strikers in the championship. <laughs> we are, though. This is the thing. If we go up with Ricky J. Jones and only Ricky J. Jones, which is probably going to be the reality, because let's be honest, we're not going to replace Clark Harris in January when we lose him. It's not if, it's when. So if we do go up, we're going to be relying on either a loan or Ricky J. Jones. And when he gets injured in week three and we've got no striker, you'll be coming back to me and go, oh, bloody hell, you made a good point no. last year in, in December. No, you you have no forget, strikers. You're forgetting a key part of the puzzle here, and that is a certain Malik Mothersill, who I firmly believe, and I'm happy to go on record and say is going to turn into an absolute baller once he finds some fitness. I guarantee he won't be in the club long enough to see that. Do you, do you remember Ooh. two years ago when I was bigging up uh, Ronnie Edwards? And I said, oh, we've also got this uh, this lad in the youth academy called uh, Nascimento. He looks the absolute <laughs> business. He's, he's doing bits for our under-18s. Within three months, we'd sold him for compensation to Crystal Palace and nobody's ever heard of him ever since. We um, are terrible. Um, in fairness, he signed that contract. That was nothing to do with us selling him. He signed I'm the contract. I'm not saying we sold him. I'm not saying we sold him, but my point is... Wasn't that what you just said, though? Yeah, no. it wasn't our choice. That he, It wasn't our fact that he let, he'd still be at the club if it was I mean, technically, it is a still a sale. Whether it was our choice or not, we still sold him. <laughs> We've ultimately okay, signed a contract elsewhere, then we're going to get the money for it. We're going to ask for a compensation fee. Well, I think it's, it's FA rules, isn't it, at that age? Exactly. Where it is. Yeah. Well, we still have to go court for it because they weren't going to pay the full, full amount. Be that by the by. The problem is, is that we've got rotten luck with strikers in the championship. Okay. Yeah. It's never worked for us since Craven Cal Smith. So if we go up with Ricky J. Jones and expect him to do the business, he's not going to do the business. And we need to get that in our heads because, yes, he's, he's doing well. Yes, he's in really good form. But his decision making is still poor. And he's not a talisman for a club like us. He's not the man that we can put everything on his back and go, Ricky, go and get us three points. 
Fair enough. Uh, pointless anecdote for you on my football manager save. I sold him to Watford in the first season for one million. Two years later, guess where he is? Curzon, Curzon Ashton. So if that's anything to come by, I don't know. Uh, hopefully his career does do slightly better uh, than Curzon Ashton. I don't know. We'll see. A quick break and then we will look back at the Stevenage game. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Nice. So, big game we were looking forward to uh, on the Tuesday night just gone. Ended up Stevenish 2, Posh 2. And again, really, a, a tale of two halves. But I have to say, this was a sensational watch. This was a, a really exciting game of football. It was the clash of styles that we anticipated it would be. Uh, but nonetheless, it was a thoroughly entertaining game. Um, I mean, we had the lion's share of the ball. I think we ended up with like three... Um, three quarters possession or something like that. It would have been easier just to say 75% Tim, to be fair, but you know what I mean. We had the, the lion's share of the ball here. Um, I suppose, Craig, I mean, um, it has to be a good point, does it, away at Stevenage for you? I think so, yeah. I think we'll look back at the end of the season and we'll actually uh, appreciate that point. Um, I don't think there's going to be many teams that will go there and actually come away with much. So I think ultimately, to answer the question very quickly and sensibly, I think, yeah, it's a fantastic point. I really do. Yeah, and it was a good game, Dan. It was uh, interesting to watch. I thought it was uh, managed well, if I'm honest, by both teams. I think the maybe unpopular. I think the officials deserve a bit of credit here because this. I wouldn't have looked forward to this one having Fergie and, and Steve Evans in here the whole game. Uh, I thought I just thought it was a really good advert for League One football, and I kind of feel like it was both clubs took to social media after the game to kind of praise the opposition team. It was a really odd. Um, a really odd evening, but a thoroughly entertaining draw. And and it's not often you say that, but they they showed good character, didn't they? They were 2-0 down at half-time. Would have been very easy for Posh to kind of go into their shell, but they didn't. Um, and they deserve credit for that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was, it was a bit of quality from both teams. Obviously, their goals, you know, tasty volleys, both of them. Our defending maybe could have been a bit better for, for their goals, but, you know, whatever, we, we ended up getting something out of the game. Randall's finish. Lovely. Bit of class there, little back heel, dirty boy. Um, you know, please don't say that. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's disgraceful to try that when you're you two nil down. Absolutely disgraceful. Look, fantastic result. I'm, I'm not going to be upset with a point away. You know, especially to to a team that we're competing for the playoffs for, or potentially even an automatic spot. And, you know, I'm looking forward to the return fixture. I don't often say that against the big teams. You know, obviously, we don't have very good luck against them. So. Yeah, I've I've got to be honest. I'm looking forward to the return fixture too, but I do think I saw enough from Posh there and enough from Stevenage to make the assumption that I, I do think Stevenage will drop off. I, I don't think Stevenage will sustain the level that they're at at the moment. Now, Steve Evans has a habit of, of proving us wrong, of course, but if he stays there, or even if he stays there, sorry, I, I, I just I can't see them sustaining it. Um, but then, conversely, I don't think we've got the squad depth to sustain the form that we're in at the moment, particularly as we go into December and January. But we'll see. As it stands, though, Nathan, um, we, are, we remain fifth in the league, uh, Stevenage, above us in fourth. We've got a game in hand over Steve Evans. And actually, if we, we win our, our game in hand, we can go as high as third, leapfrog in Oxford, which we'll come on to shortly because we do play them, of course, this weekend. Um, not spoken to you for a while. Bearing in mind the form that we're in, any changes to your pre-season predictions? 
I can't remember what I said, to be honest. You but, um, said we were going to get relegated and go into administration. I, I definitely right. didn't say that. Definitely didn't say that. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's been a pleasant surprise, dare I say it. Um, usually yeah, it's, we're sort of... That, it's fair, I think. Yeah. I mean, slightly to go back to the, the Stevenage game, I think the, the big takeaway that, that that game gave me was that you know, the biggest improvement I can see from the side last season to this season is the fact that we'd have lost that last season. That would have been very much a game where we would have crumbled. We might have even lost three, four, you know, maybe nicked a goal in it, but we wouldn't have come through it and, and got such a good result, especially away from home. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing, you know, alongside the fantastic football that we're playing that's, you know, even better than what we saw at times last season. I think the big takeaway for me, especially this season, is just how much mentally we've, you know, gone up a gear or two. Um, whether that be the fact that, you know, we sold half the squad um, in the summer or whether that be the fact that we've gone young and maybe, you know, they're not sort of battle-scarred or anything, I don't know. But, you know, whatever's being done in that department, you know, it's been a great job. Um, and, you know, it's really put us into a position where, you know, if we keep this up, if we remain consistent, which obviously, you know, I know that, as you've just mentioned, the squad depth maybe isn't necessarily there. But if, you know, that could be added to in January, then I don't see why we can't at least challenge for, for the automatic spots. But definitely playoffs minimum, I think now. Um, you know, I'd been a bit more dubious at the start of the season, but I think judging on on what we've kind of shown thus far and in terms of performances away from home, like the Stevenage game, that, that does give me a, an element of confidence that I don't necessarily want to, shout too high about but at the same time i'm quite pleasantly surprised and pleased with with how we've done fair enough and staying with you nathan looking ahead to uh to this week we've got a tuesday night game against arsenal under fours in the um what is it at the minute burger king cup well i don't know what it is right but it's the second round now knockout football um with that in mind, there's two points I want to make to you. One is I know that uh, we spoke uh, before we started recording around the pricing for this game. It's currently £12 for an adult ticket to go and watch the Arsenal kids in the EFL Trophy. So your thoughts on that? And also, if you're Fergie, what kind of squad are you putting out for this one? Um, pricing, I guess, you know, maybe a little more expensive, um, perhaps. But I guess also at the same time, we've got to try and make money somewhere. Um, and, you know, it's a game where, you know, the, the gates probably are going to be fairly minimal um, compared to most league games. So I suppose when I think about it a little bit deeper, I'm not surprised at the pricing um, and it may well keep people away. You know, it'd probably be a cold, you know, Tuesday night. Um, you know, so that this, may is be the, a... this is the on the pods, Nathan, very much on the phone. Honestly, listeners, you should hear him before we start recording. He's effing and blinding. He's talking about the price of this and <laughs> price of that and the club's going to shit and all this sort of stuff. As soon as you click record, he's calm and composed and on the fence, Nathan, isn't it? It's not the Oscars, Tim. It's not the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, to go to your question about um, squads and what Fergie should play, I think hopefully a mixture of... of you know, squad players that maybe haven't necessarily played as as much football as they'd have liked um, with, you know, a sprinkling of, of the players that are on form. You know, I think maybe Kingpin, Joel Randall in, in the side, try and keep that form going isn't necessarily a bad idea. Um, you know, I know Craig mentioned about wanting to see uh, Kotongo a bit more. I think he'd be good to, to come in and you know, give Ronnie a rest. It's not a, a game where he needs to be to, to sort of play. Um, but yeah, I, I think, like I said, a, a mixture of, of you know squad players and, and a few of the the regular starters I think makes the most sense maybe with um, some of the kids on the bench 
Um, you know, I know um, we've had a few of those that have, have made debuts of late. Um, I think it'd be good to see um, Fernandez again. I think he's been been really, really good when he's played. I know he's he's sort of scored some goals as well for us. So, yeah, I, I, that would be my takeaway for it. Um, and hopefully, that's the the kind of side that we'll see playing. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. We're only really excited about one game this week, and that's a huge uh, game at home to Oxford on Saturday. So this is fifth versus third as it stands. They got a new gaffer in Des Buckingham, who a uh, young manager were, holds the record for being the youngest manager in the Australian A League. There you go, Google. Thank you for that. Uh, overall record against Oxford, so it's not great. We've won fifteen, drawn nine, and lost nineteen. However, we haven't lost to Oxford for the last six games. They beat Grimsby 2-0 in the Cup this weekend and now go on to face Coventry City away in the third round. So it's another League One versus Championship tie. Uh, what are you expecting, Craig, for this one? Uh, Oxford at home, going to be cold, but this could be one of those season-defining games looking at form. Yeah, very much so. Um, I think Oxford a good outfit. Um, they've got some very good players in the team. Um, I think, obviously, having that new manager bounce will definitely be there and something we're going to have to be mindful of. Um, but I'm still quietly confident. I think some of the football that we're playing, especially even though we do struggle against the bigger teams, I think we actually play better um, because we know we've got to raise our game. Um, and I'd like to think we'll come out with it 2-0 victors, ideally. Fair play. I would, I would take that. I mean, Dan, this is, I mean, they're in mixed form. And it's interesting, Craig says about the new manager bounce. It's Ironically, I don't think they were kind of, it's not like they were, you know, in dreadful form and you get that kind of uplift that comes with a new manager. They were in good form and now suddenly there's a change at the top. Do you feel like it's a good time to play them? Yeah, I do. I think, you know, it's, it's horrible luck when you lose your manager halfway through the season, especially when you're, you're doing so well. But, you know, it's, it's the way football works, I guess. And if we can, we can play them when they're, you know, changing things up, when they're getting used to a new style... It is, it's probably, you can ask for, for much better, especially when it's top three side. I mean, obviously, they, they got a good result against uh, Bolton recently. I think they drew uh, away. So, you know, they're, they're obviously still grinding out results against against the larger teams and, and the teams that are in good form. So, it's certainly going to be a good game. I, I think if we can come away with a point, I'd still be happy. Um, and we can we can look on to, to the slightly easier fixtures in terms of, of Fleetwood and Shrewsbury. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I take your point. I mean, I feel like Oxford are similar to Stevenage in that, well, at least under Liam Manning, they were well organised, quite compact, difficult to break down. Be interesting to see uh, what Buckingham does in terms of whether or not he changes their style too much. It does add a little bit of an unknown, Nathan, to this one in terms of if you're Fergie and you're trying to prepare for this game, it makes it quite a challenge. You don't really know what to expect from Oxford. No, definitely not. I mean, it's it's the same situation when any new manager comes in, in that you know you've got no case study to base it off of usually, unless you know you look back to previous clubs that they've been at. Um, but I guess from Fergie's point of view, it's it's much the same. You know, play the same side, play the way that we've been playing. There's there's no reason to to change anything drastic um, with the current form that we're in, um, and I wouldn't expect him to change anything barring you know injuries or or anything like that. Um, and it, you know, if we can keep that that consistency in that form, then and I don't see why we can't, you know, pick up, um, you know, three points again. But as Dan says, I'd, I'd be delighted with with a point as well. You know, keep us in that that kind of um, strong, you know, vein of form and, and keep us in the in the race for for promotion. I guess it's it's one of those results that I suspect, you know, if we can get that, whether it be a win or a draw, it'll be a result that we can look back and say, you know, that was a, a really really well earned, um, you know, three points or, or a draw. It'd be really really key, I think. 
Yeah. Score predictions then. So, Craig, you said 2-0. Oh, I just yeah. made that up. 2-0. 2 posh, Dan. I'm going to say 2-1. 2-1 posh, Nathan. Yeah. 2-1 posh, that was what I was going to go with oh, as well. He's gone for, gone for the copycat technique. I like that. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I gave mine last week. Uh, I'm just seeing if I can remember it now. I don't think I can. I think I'm sure I said 3-0 posh, but I'm going to... No, I'll sit with that. Let's go 3 no posh. Uh, interesting, though, we talk about uh, predictions because the uh, yellow block prediction uh, table, uh, prediction league, sorry, has been updated. And actually, the uh, mini league amongst hosts has also been updated. And Dan, I now have the uh, have the lead uh, of my own right uh, with seven points. Nathan, you are rock bottom on zero. Um, we need to decide a forfeit for the loser, which <laughs> looks like it's going to be you, if I'm honest, Nathan. Any ideas of what you might like us to, to pick? Not that I can think of, but to be fair, I've never actually put in the prediction at all, in fairness. Well, it's so... interesting It's interesting you should say that, actually. You've, you've teed that up nicely for me. Uh, so we've got 73 players in the league, 10 of whom have zero points. Now, anyone with less than a point by the end of 2023 will be relegated. So get your predictions in. Uh, now on social media. Uh, also, while we're on admin, uh, we did the Ivan Tony Award for October and November, a joint award. The three nominations that myself, Jared and Sam put through was Ephraim Mason-Clark, uh, Collins and Poku. Out of those three, Nathan, who would you have picked? Poku, I would have thought. Um, yeah. You know, all of them are worthy winners, to be fair, especially Collins. I think he's been fantastic. But I think Poku probably just picked pips it i think he's been you know top top draw and really sort of showing a lot of that you know bravado that dara showed when when it came to him you know he's he's always championed him and said that he's he's going to be a top top player and i, I think we're slowly starting to see that fair enough uh, craig out of them three who would you have uh, picked yeah after he's been uh, top dollar this last 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 month six weeks to be fair i think he's really sort of started to coming to his own um, and I think his work rate starting to improve and that's making a big difference I think that was what was missing last year from being honest with you yeah that's fair enough and Dan yeah echo the, the sentiments of the other two to be honest it's, it's got to be poker for me it's, it just gives us so much down that right side obviously he spreads the play it, it, it gives us a, a bit of freedom in the middle to sort of you know lay it off and, and make something else so you know he, he offers so much to our side he's so integral to the way we play it's, it's got to be him Interesting. So it was quite tight, to be fair, on the Twitter vote that we did. There was a tie in second place. Ephraim Mason-Clark got 30%, as did Archie Collins get 30%, which means Poku does take the Ivan Tony Award. It's a double header this one as well, for October and November, with 40%. Well done, Qualms. That is uh, probably not your first. I'm not going to lie, I don't have the stats to hand, uh, but I still take that. I think that's a great um, that's a great achievement. Dan, you've just put in the chat, that was me. What What was you? Oh, that was like 20 minutes ago. When you said that Nathan predicted we'd be relegated and... Uh, oh, go into administration. That, that was actually <laughs> my genuine prediction at the start of the, uh, the year. Um, oh, how I was wrong. Well, I mean, there's still time, but yeah, if... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's certainly... Take the apology now, Tim. <laughs> Is what, sorry? Oh, yeah, I'll just, take uh, the apology now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've always been on the fence. I, I don't know. I've, I'm pretty sure you were a mid-table like most of us, Nathan, when we were... Yeah, I... I, I Fairly sure I must have said trying to challenge for playoffs, but probably mid-table is what I think I must have said. But I can't remember. It was a while back now. Fair enough. Well, that's us caught up for another week. Do any of you lads have anything else that you wanted to uh, cover whilst we are got the big red button on? Not for me. No, fine, thank you. 
Happy days. Well, thanks for listening. I always mess up it up. Happy days. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Yellow Block. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review and follow us on the socials or visit our website www.theyellowblock.co.uk. Thank you very much, Craig, for joining us. We'll absolutely be getting you back on again. I think you speak really well. And it's nice to have somebody pro Darrow in the camp as well. Uh, and it's good that you have an opinion, unlike Nathan, that's just a lot of things. I'm joking. I'm joking. Nathan. No, thanks for having me, Tim. Appreciate it. Join us next time at the box. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.